0: See you. No! Yeah.
1: to the whole duty of man podcast equipping you for eternity you are listening to work it out and i'm your host fiona and i'm not alone i am with my co-host hello
2: good evening to you listeners and subscribers of um, the whole duty of men i'm Babuluki. that's my name and fiona is my what? name <laughs>
1: yes i'm the wife guys okay please introduce our guest speaker for tonight and the topic that he will be presenting on
2: well we are still on this series of fundamentals of christian faith and um, the fundamental belief that we are dealing with is basically it's a combination of three um it's the millennium um you know um and the new earth what else
1: it's just two.
2: Yes, it's just two we Yeah, are
1: looking at the millennium and, and the, the new, new e- year. And where do we learn about the millennium?
2: Um, it's basically from Revelation chapter twenty, mostly. Mm-hmm. That's where you see it. But um, the the concepts of it are strewn all over the Old Testament, especially Isaiah and other and other prophets there. But that's what you see right there. And this presenter this evening is a Pure Light uh, mission student. His name is um, Metembe Benedict Kumalo. So he's the one who will be taking us through this fundamental belief.
1: Alright, um, so let us listen prayerfully so that we may uh, understand why this <clears throat> particular topic is important to our faith as Christians. Be blessed.
2: This is Work It Out with Fion. Greetings
3: to you all, I hope you are doing well. I am Metembe Kumalo and I will be sharing on the millennium, the end of sin, and the new earth. What is the millennium? There are many ideas that have come up concerning the millennium, we all know it's a thousand years, but what is going to happen during the millennium and all, there are a lot of clashes within the Christian community. So, I would like to look at what I believe is the most consistent uh, description of the millennium biblically. When we look at the book of Revelation, chapter 20, the words thousand years appear six times and hence this is the chapter where we will be dwelling to find a clear picture of the millennium. When does the millennium begin? It begins after the second coming of Christ. We know that Christ comes, the earth is destroyed, not completely, the wicked die, and the righteous are taken to heaven with him. So, the millennium happens at the moment the righteous are taken to heaven. That is the beginning of the millennium. And the millennium is a thousand years. So, for a thousand years, There are events that occur within this millennium. Chapter 19 and chapter 20 of Revelation, go hand in hand. When you read chapter 19 and verse 19 and 20, you see the destruction of the wicked. When you read Revelation chapter 20, uh, you get a picture of the destruction of the wicked towards the end of chapter 20. So these chapters go together. So it is at the second coming, that the millennium begins. Revelation chapter 20, verse 5 and 6. This is what it says. But the rest of the dead lived not again until thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. A thousand years. So, when do people die? When is the first resurrection? At the coming of Christ. And the wicked die. And then it says they do not leave until a thousand years is finished. So we see that the thousand years begins at the second coming of Christ. Then, what is the state of the earth during this time? I've alluded to it quite a number of times now. In the book of Isaiah chapter 24 verse 19, describing the state of the earth at the coming of Christ, it says, the earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. That is the sight we get. The earth is going to be utterly destroyed. There is nothing that will be remaining on it. Jeremiah describing this in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 20, 23 to 26. He says, I beheld the earth, and no, it was without form, and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and, lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and, lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and, lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord, and by his fierce anger. The picture we have of the earth is a horrible one. It is destroyed, utterly destroyed. Why is it destroyed? How is it destroyed? At the coming of Christ, we remember that the events preceding the coming of Christ Seven last plates, they too shall have an impact. When Christ comes, we have a description that we're going to have ethics, we're going to have the sky being rolled up, or the atmosphere being rolled up, everything shall be destroyed. The earth is inhabitable at this time. So what happens then to the wicked? What happens to the wicked? During this millennium, what are they staying in the earth, are they still alive? Because there are many beliefs out there. Some believe that since Satan will be bound up, then it means there's going to be peace on earth for a thousand years, and then he will be loosed, then once again the trouble comes. But is that true? Is that what the Bible is trying to tell us? Let us read what the Bible says. The Bible says in Revelation 20 verse 1 to 3, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, thousand years, millennia, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years millennium should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So what we are told is that the devil, he is cast into the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit. What is this bottomless pit? Well, when you read in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 the term used there is abusus which is similar to the term used here in the Greek Uh, the term in the Greek abusus is similar to the one found in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 which means a desolate state so Satan is cast into this desolate state why? Because the plagues have destroyed and the second coming has destroyed the earth, right? The wicked are dead, the righteous are in heaven. And what is Satan doing during that time? The Bible tells us that he has no power to deceive The verse says that he should deceive the nations no more, and that is his chain. Imagine if, rather not if, but imagine Satan for his whole life has been working using deception since our first parents Adam and Eve, and then now for a thousand years he can't do that anymore. When a habit is destroyed in such a manner, it hurts, it feels like a bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is in this state where he cannot do anything. He is confined and cannot deceive anyone. All right, so Satan cannot deceive him and his angels. They are just roaming the earth and bored for a thousand years. And then the wicked are dead, remember? in the sixth seal, we are told that when they see the face of Christ, they say, mountains and rocks follow us, so they are dead. It's only Satan who leads, and his angels are the demons. What happens to the righteous? In the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, we are told that then we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So the righteous are taken, caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall be with the Lord. That is what the verse says. In John 14, verse 2 and 3, Christ makes a promise and says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So the righteous have been taken to heaven. Christ came with the voice of an archangel, And he received his all. The dead in Christ were resurrected. All are in heaven. But what are they doing for a thousand years in heaven? Or are they going to go to heaven for a thousand years and their lives are going to be cut? Why are we so concerned about this thousand years? Why is it such a big issue? Here's what they are doing in heaven. The Bible tells us that they are given power. They are given dominion. In the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 26, it says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. I want this power, friends. I want this power. So that I can also be in heaven. In the book of Daniel 7, verse 27, describing the same scenario we see in Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, And the kingdom... And dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So they shall be given a kingdom and they shall be given dominion. Why are they given this? Revelation 20, verse 4 says, So what happens? They are given thrones. And what happens? Judgment is given unto them. What judgment is this? Why are they given judgment? What is this judgment given unto them? Why are they judging? The righteous are in heaven. The wicked are dead. What judgment is this? Remember there is still the end of the controversy to come fire and brimstone is going to bring an end to sin, the devil is still roaming, something needs to be done, they are going to have to judge, the wicked dead need a punishment equivalent to their sins, to their wrongs, and the righteous are the ones to partake in giving the right punishment for sins. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it says, Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Paul says, we shall judge angels. We shall judge the world who is weak. The saints shall judge the world. They shall give the accurate punishment for sin. Jude verse 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day they shall be judged and they shall be judged by the saints and once the saints have established that this punishment is good for this sin this punishment, this one should bend this long, this one this short and all, once it has been established once the thousand years is finished that judgment Is completed. And what happens? Then, we have Revelation chapter 21. 21 verse 2. Verse 1 and 2. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. That is what shall happen. New Jerusalem shall come down prepared as a bride adorned. Then, then Satan is loosed. After a thousand years Satan is also loosed. Verse 7 in Revelation 20 says And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Which prison? The prison which did not allow him to deceive. He shall get that opportunity to deceive again. And the Bible says in verse 8 and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city that is what's going to happen after a thousand years but they shall not be victorious the dead who are these dead people where did Satan get these dead people Revelation 20 verse 12 tells us that and I saw the dead small and great stand before God So the dead and now alive. Why? Because the thousand years has passed. Verse 5 says, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Until, which suggests that they live again after the thousand years. And so Satan, as soon as they are resurrected, he takes that opportunity to deceive them and gather them, gather them to destroy the city. Well, fortunately for us, who will be saved? We know that He is not going to be victorious. They are going to be burned. We do not want to burn in the fire prepared for Satan and his demons. Let us do right. This is what the Bible says about burning. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, verse 12, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened They die. This is the second death. Malachi chapter 4 verse 1 to 3 tells us that they do not burn forever. This is what Malachi says. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and they and the day that cometh shall bend them up. That means to consume them. They shall have no life. In Psalms chapter 37 verse 20 we are told. It actually gives a very vivid image of the death of the wicked. This is what it says. It says, but the wicked shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke shall they consume away. There is no eternal burning hell. Why would Christ say He will give us everlasting life, eternal life as a gift, if the wicked also get it? The wicked do not live forever, they perish. And we do not want to be part of the wicked, my friends. We do not want. Then what happens after they are burned? Yes, it will be a sorrowful event will be sad. But we are to be happy because this is the end of the great controversy. God has proven victor. The sinners and sin shall no more exist. They are God for good. We live righteous, perfect, peaceful lives. We live in the new earth. New Jerusalem came down, remember, and it shall be placed on this earth, and we shall live forevermore. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we have a perfect world, and in Revelation 21 and 22, we have a perfect world restored, and you want to be part of that city. This is what the Bible says, telling us about the city. Revelation 21 verse 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. A new heaven and a new earth. The first is all gone. We are going to live in this new city, in this new earth. And Revelation 21 verse 2 mentions a city in the new earth which shall come down from heaven called New Jerusalem. The city is called New Jerusalem. And the Bible says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The city is prepared as a bride. This is a beautiful city. This is the capital city of the new earth. And what does Jerusalem mean? The name Jerusalem in the Hebrew, it means city of peace. In this city we shall have peace, genuine peace, because all is passed away. How will this city look like? How will this city look like? I'm going to read a couple of verses that describe this new Earth, New Jerusalem, beautifully to me, without any additions, just the verses which stand out for me in the description of this new new Earth, new city. This is what the Bible says. Revelation 21, verse 11: having the glory of God." And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Talking about Jerusalem. And then verse 23 to 24, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. A beautiful description of the city. Just some more verses. Revelation 21 verse 18 to 21 it says, And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, a chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, a topaz, the tenth, a, Chrysopra- a chrysoprasus the eleven adjacent, the twelfth an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. This is the beauty of New Jerusalem. This is the beauty of the New Earth. You want to be there. Where streets are made of gold, the gold which nations fight for currently, there you will walk on it. The gold which nations, the precious stones which cause war, which cause division, there it will be on your gates. A beautiful city. You do not want to miss out on it. The last verse as I close this study. Revelation 21, verse 4 and 5. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. We want to be in that new Jerusalem, in that new earth. I hope this study has helped us to understand much clearer the millennium, to understand much clearer the end of sin, the death of the wicked, and to understand and have a desire for the new earth. May God bless you